Welcome, everyone, to the PFF Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, John Macri, fantasy analyst here at PFF. And it's another Waiver Wire Tuesday, and not just any Waiver Wire Tuesday, but the final one before the fantasy football playoffs for the majority of fantasy leagues, that is. So this could be a crucial week for picking up the pieces to help either help you make that final push to get into the playoffs or help you build enough depth to survive the fantasy playoffs. So who better to get us through it than PFF's lead fantasy analyst, the great Nathan Yankee. Oh my God. Nate, how are you, sir? <laughs> I'm doing well. It only took you like, what, six months of doing the podcast to almost yep. mess up my last name. So I will take it. But I'm doing well. Um, had a good week this uh, past week of football, Scott Fishbowl. Um, had like half of my roster either injured or on bye weeks and ended up scoring more points than I usually do without them. So advancing into Scott Fishbowl, happy to see that. I did get knocked out of my one guillotine league, which I enjoy guillotine leagues. And I needed Trevor Lawrence to be held under like 21 fantasy points. And he scored those two Ooh. touchdowns back to back, got just over the points needed. So I'm like, okay, rooting for an interception, rooting for a fumble. And then unfortunately he got injured. So it didn't help me there. And also it's disappointing to see. And hopefully his he's not out for too long. I hope not. Yeah, it didn't look good um, last night. And I mean, I don't know why they didn't get that man a cart, but they made him walk all the way to the locker room. So maybe that's like a good sign that he'll be okay. I don't know. I really I'm not a doctor, but uh, the initial injury obviously did not look good, which was a pretty big bummer because I think it was like his third straight um, top eight fantasy QB finish here um, this week. So really strong performances. thread together there by trevor lawrence which obviously is going to be a huge bummer if he misses time but yeah man the quarterback's just dropping like flies this year it's been uh pretty tough to watch but uh, that game last night was electric that was uh, a really fun one we got a lot of fantasy goodness out of that game um i mean jake browning was a stud so was joe mixon who may not have been out there as much as we had hoped for fantasy purposes, but still finished as the RB one on the week, got a couple touchdowns in there, but we did see a a fairly high dose of chase Brown and Travion Williams as well. Nate. So let's start with the Bengals running backs. And was there any specific usage um, towards maybe making chase Brown a potential um, waiver wire claim as we're talking waivers today? Uh, Yeah, like you said, this was an exciting game to watch and an exciting game to write about. Usually the Bengals and Jaguars aren't teams that like on our top 10 recap we're doing, we did yesterday, we're rarely talking about those two teams because they have a clear top running back, three clear top wide receivers, and Jacksonville has a clear tight end, Cincinnati has the rotation. So typically not much to talk about for either of those teams, but Chase Brown got involved very early in this game. Mixon started the game, played on first down, but second down, Mixon was rotated out. Chase Brown rotated in, and that in itself was surprising. Just two plays in because Mixon has a very or had a very strong hold on the first and second down role in Cincinnati. He he's had that role for a number of years now. Plays a very high percentage of those snaps, uh, was second in the league in first and second down snaps outside of two-minute drills um, over the first 12 weeks of the season, only behind Josh Jacobs. So the fact that he would get rotated out on the first drive at all was surprising. Um, the second, second down on the first drive, Chase Brown came in again. Uh, Brown ended up with five carries in the first quarter. And considering he barely played before this point in the season, I know he spent some time on injured reserve, so that contributed there. But he was only seeing 
uh, typically one snap a game early in the season when he was healthy. So this was surprising, and Brown played very well. He was averaging, I think, around seven yards per carry. He broke a 31-yard run um, in the second half, so that helped him there. As the game progressed, and it was it remained a close game, um, especially like in the fourth quarter and overtime, we were seeing more and more of Mixon, and it was still Mixon at the goal line, which led to his two touchdowns. So Mixon's fantasy value in this game was just fine. But this kind of makes a lot of sense, too, considering Mixon spent all of offseason. We were wondering if he was going to be released from the team for salary cap reasons since they had to sign Joe Mixon. They have a number of players with expiring contracts at the end of this year, and uh, Mixon's contract is one that they could cut him, and it would uh, give them some cap space this upcoming year so it makes sense for them to want to see what they have in brown um before going into next season and knowing if they have a running back on the roster or if they need to keep mixing or just have more information that way so i think brown is someone who could be an intriguing waiver wire target uh, especially if the Bengals reach a point where they're no longer in the playoff chase but after this game they got the win they're uh kind of right there in the playoff chase with like four of the AFC teams currently in the playoffs uh, with backup quarterbacks right now. So um, if that's the case, I'd expect Brown to only be sprinkled in like he was in this game. But if the Bengals do get eliminated at that last or second to last week of the season, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot more Brown. And especially now that we're outside of bye weeks, there's just two teams left with a bye week this week. So if you have bases on your bench for handcuff running backs. Brown is someone that might be worth having over some other handcuffs just because he is getting that playing time right now. Yeah, I like it. Um, that's a good call. And yeah, we'll see what, what the Bengals can do as far as the playoffs go. I mean, they are, yeah, six and six right now. Steelers and the Browns are seven and five and um, they're playing with, with backup quarterbacks as well. So it should be uh, an interesting finish to the season here, but anything else from the Bengals for you? Because I mean, other than that, like we learned that Jamar, Fa- Jamar Chase, his fantasy value isn't dead yet with, with Joe Burrow out for the year. Um, he posts a monster game, 11 catches, 149 yards and a touchdown. T Higgins still not doing a ton there. Obviously uh, just the three catches for, for 36 yards. And um, we also learned that Tyler Boyd, uh, not a quarterback um, with that, that pass to, to Josh Allen, which hey for IDP leagues, um, we love that helped me uh, get a come from behind win with that interception. So um, anything else for the Bengals for you, or do you want to talk about the Jaguars uh the small notes on the Bengals T Higgins like you said just had the three catches his playing time was almost close to normal was rotated out a little bit more than I would expect if Higgins was a hundred percent but still saw a clear high majority of the snaps and then at tight end um Drew Sample was playing more than usual um he's been used sometimes on uh third downs as like a second tight end in place of a running back to help in blocking situations In this game, they often kept a running back on the field but had Sample in to have a sixth man in pass protection to help the offense that way. So that meant less work for the other tight ends. I know Tanner Hudson has been doing pretty well in limited opportunities, and that continued in this game. He caught a few passes while not running a ton of routes, but that was mostly why um, we didn't see much of the other tight ends is because Drew Sample, who is a blocking tight end, played so much. So this remains a situation probably to avoid in most fantasy leagues. 
Yeah, good point. All right, let's talk about the the Jaguars then, because obviously we saw the the Trevor Lawrence injury. We, we we don't know anything yet as far as how long he'll be out, but we also saw Christian Kirk get injured. Um, we saw Parker Washington mix in there. Obviously, some more Jay, Zay Jones as well. So, as far as the Jaguars wide receivers, what did that situation look like with uh, Christian Kirk out of the game on, on the first play? I believe it was right. Oh, yeah. First offensive play for Jacksonville. He catches a 26-yard pass, uh, suffers the groin injury. It was around halftime that he ended up getting ruled out. Um, Tim Jones, who has seen significant playing time this season with Zay Jones, Jamal Agnew at times uh, missing time, and Agnew still on injured reserve. Uh, Jones initially replaced Kirk, but then Washington later on the drive replaced him, and Washington ended up with a lot more playing time. So this is another late round rookie who really hasn't done much this season, has spent time on injured reserve and ends up having a very good game, uh, catches uh, six passes for 61 yards, scores his first touchdown, and he didn't have any receptions in the NFL prior to this point. Um, He was inactive for the first three weeks of the season. Uh, Week four played one offensive snap and was injured and ended up on injured reserve. Uh, played a bit two weeks ago in a blowout game, just run blocking at the end of the game. So this was really his first time seeing any significant work in terms of running routes. So this was really good to see him get a lot of production. And uh, we had been talking in the preseason about the Jaguars 12 personnel and who's the wide receiver outside of Calvin Ridley. It's been a lot of Christian Kirk recently, but Zay Jones took most of those snaps uh, last night and Jones, um, the Jaguars really weren't using a ton of 12 personnel. One of their tight ends, uh, Brenton Strange, was inactive with an injury. So that meant less 12 personnel and the game script as well, where Jacksonville uh, was behind at times in this game, so passing to catch up. So that meant not much 12 personnel. But whenever they were using it, Jones was typically the other wide receiver on the field. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good stuff there from the the Jaguars offense as well. Like Travis Etienne, a solid game. He he, he did go under his, his rushing prop, um, which we talked about yesterday. So we got that one. And Evan Ingram, uh, a nice game as well, who went over his um, receiving total and actually led the Jaguars in receiving yards with 82. Also scored his first touchdown of the year. Um, anything else for Monday Night Football for you? Um, only note with that touchdown now it's Jameer Gibbs, Tony Pollard, and Tyler Conklin who are the top receivers who do not have a receiving touchdown so far this season. All of them have 42 receptions. And I will note ETN, uh, really, he his playing time was almost uh, more than it had been in recent weeks just because this was a close game, but he still wasn't getting as many touches as I probably would have expected had he been 100%. So still, I think his injury is worth keeping an eye on. Um, you're still probably starting him even if he's limited in practice all week, but I think it's the difference between ETN being a top five fantasy running back and just a starting fantasy running back. So hopefully he is able to uh, better recover from his rib injury, especially after Trevor Lawrence's injury. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, so that's going to wrap up Monday Night Football here. We'll get into the waiver wires now in just a sec. But first, a quick shout out from our presenting sponsor, Fabric by Gerber Life. 
Um, fall is all about the back to school and back to routine checklist. And the most important task on that list should be securing your family's financial future, starting with life insurance. Fabric by Gerber Life makes it quick, easy, and affordable to protect your family so you can get back to enjoying life. Fabric was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric has flexible policies that fit your family and your budget with quality policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. Get your personalized quote in just minutes and then apply when it's convenient for you. It's all online and on your schedule. You can go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required join the thousands of parents who trust fabric to protect their family apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash fantasy that's meetfabric.com slash fantasy m-e-e-t fabric.com slash fantasy policies issued by western southern life assurance company not available in certain states prices subject to underwriting and health questions all right nate it is do or die for a lot of teams in this final week of the fantasy regular season and Step one, really, in, in getting it done this week starts with the waiver wire. So let's get this thing going and start with some quarterback options. And a name that we've talked about a few times on this list before leads the way, but it is Josh Dobbs of the Minnesota Vikings, who is rostered in 47.4% of ESPN leagues. Still out there. There was some discourse recently about the team potentially going away from Dobbs at quarterback after that rough game in, in week 12. But I don't know. I mean, it doesn't feel like there's necessarily great options there in Minnesota to replace him. So how are you feeling about Josh Dobbs uh, here going forward? I'm feeling decent about him. And I will mention in general, we have a lot more guys to talk about than usual today. Um, since, like you said, this is the last week of the fantasy regular season. So a lot of people I'm looking to help for help this week, but also with the fantasy playoffs coming up, plenty of people have locked up spots. I've locked up first round buys in some of my leagues. So I'm not necessarily looking ahead to this week, but I'm looking ahead two weeks from now and who I should secure then. So we have lots of different guys, depending on what you're looking for. But Dobbs is someone who, regardless of what you're looking for, I think could be a great option. I uh, was released in a number of leagues, both because of the four interception heat game he had on Monday Night Football. Uh, over a week ago and then they had their bye week so he wasn't helping anyone uh, last week in fantasy football either and there is a chance that he could lose his starting job but uh, the big thing is he is getting Justin Jefferson back or at least we believe Justin Jefferson's coming back all indications that were that he'd be back after the bye week so having arguably the best uh, wide receiver in the NFL to throw to after not having him all season long at least in Dobbs' case, that could be huge for his fantasy potential. And the Vikings have a fairly decent schedule going forward. They face the Raiders, the Bengals, the Lions, and the Packers, all teams who these should be competitive games where the Vikings will need to throw a lot and um, and teams that have allowed plenty of fantasy points to quarterbacks as well. So according to our strength of schedule tool, the Vikings have the best schedule for quarterbacks going forward. So Dobbs is someone who had plenty of top 12 finishes uh, throughout the season, both in Arizona and in Minnesota, particularly recently prior to the four interception game. So I'm not going to let one bad game um, get in the way of what I think Dobbs can do over the rest of the season with Jefferson. And even if we do find out today or later this week that he is benched and Nick Mullins would probably be the quarterback that would be starting if Dobbs is benched, I would still be fine picking up Mullins even if you're desperate for a quarterback or are in a two-quarterback league because Mullins would therefore be taking advantage of this schedule and having these great receivers to throw to even if he doesn't have that rushing upside and 
Another note there, TJ Hawkinson uh, has been playing injured, hopefully after the bye week. He's a little bit healthier, and he was productive even with the injury, but he could be doing even better if he's closer to 100% as well. Yeah, and just in regards to Dobbs too, like there, there's definitely a ton of recency bias in fantasy football, right? And for fantasy managers, and and some of it is justified, sure, but I think Dobbs has definitely earned another shot here. Just again, a really bad night there on Monday Night Football in Week Twelve, but. Prior to that, with the Vikings, he was QB3, QB4, QB12. I mean, he was basically thrown right into the fire there in Week 9, right when Jaron Hall got injured. And he was really solid. A rushing touchdown in three straight games prior to that Monday night football game had thrown at least one passing touchdown in there as well. So feel like he's earned another shot hopefully you know the bye week gives him another chance to kind of work with the team in a little uh, with a little more time and, and practice reps. So I think they give him another shot here, um, at least for another week, as long as he doesn't have one of those um, four interception games again. But uh, I think he'll be okay. Um, All right, let's move to a quarterback who has finished inside the top eight fantasy QBs in back-to-back weeks. He's a Super Bowl champion. And would you be interested if I told you he's currently rostered in 32.1% of ESPN leagues? I am talking, of course, about Matthew Stafford. Nate, he was just QB six for the week and did it against the vaunted Cleveland Browns defense. Hard not to love that. Oh, yeah, 200. Uh, 79 yards three touchdowns which was great to see uh the only problem is before these past two weeks he was very consistently outside of the top 14 or so fantasy quarterbacks just consistently gets 200 to 300 yards uh typically scores a touchdown um it doesn't help when sean McVay has kyron williams on his fantasy team supposedly <laughs> which he said is a joke but we'll see about that but um The big thing with Stafford as well, though, is the schedule isn't great over these next four weeks with one clear exception of week 15, where he plays the Washington Commanders. Uh, Washington has allowed the most fantasy points to quarterbacks so far this season. So I think if you are looking to pick up Stafford, I would be looking specifically if you want a quarterback for week 15. Stafford is the clear waiver wire person to get specifically for that week. Yeah, for sure. And and like you said, he had only thrown, I think, um, nine total touchdowns in the nine games prior to the last two weeks where he's thrown seven total touchdowns over the last two games as well. Um, So he's been playing really well as of late. I know their offensive line has been playing a bit better as well, which is good to see, obviously. Um, And he has the weapons there. Puka Nakua, Cooper Cup, um, Kyron Williams, Tutu Atwell, uh, guys like that. So it could be a nice matchup, especially in week 15, like you said. Okay, we've talked a lot about Derek Carr on this waiver wire show in the past few weeks because we love the fantasy friendly schedule the rest of the way. But Derek Carr is injured with uh, checks, notes, everything. So it's the next man up in New Orleans. And that man just so happens to be the legend, Jameis Winston, who is available in 99% of ESPN leagues. Nate, are you more less or equally optimistic that Jameis can deliver the fantasy production that Derek Carr was potentially going to give us in in the next few weeks. I think Winston can. He's a bit more of a boomer bust quarterback, but he was third most in fantasy points in 2019, uh, scored the 15th most over the first three weeks um, a year ago. The big thing that we've been saying with the Saints for a long time now is the schedule looks great over the last parts of the season, faces the Carolina Panthers, New York Giants, Los Angeles Rams, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, all games where the Saints should be fairly competitive in. 
um, defenses that they should be able to take advantage of. Um, the only problem here is the schedule starts off a little bit more difficult and gets easier over the course of these four weeks, and we don't know how long Carr will be out for. I'm most excited for having whoever the Saints quarterback is during the fantasy semifinals and fantasy finals. And if Carr misses two games, then I probably still am okay picking up Carr now and hoping that he's the one that plays later. But also, he could very well miss a month of football given all the injuries that he is currently dealing with. And especially if Winston plays well over this next week or two, they might be okay giving Carr even more time to recover. So um, it really depends what you're looking for at quarterback. But even this week against Carolina, Winston could have a good game. Um, Luckily, Chris Olave, who we weren't sure if he was going to be playing last week, uh, did end up playing and has been playing some of the best football of his career these past two weeks. Ideally, Rashid Shahid comes back from injury. Hopefully this week, we don't know for sure um, how long he will be out for, but hopefully it is sooner rather than later. And that could be big for the Saints offense as well, especially because he is a big playmaker and Winston likes making big plays in the passing game. So I think this will be really interesting. It's a bit of a gamble, but uh, considering how available he is in some leagues, especially in leagues that I'm in that are super flex, I'll definitely be looking to pick up Winston today. Yeah, absolutely worth a shot there. And I mean, look, all the injuries at quarterback this year, I, there, there might not be a better option here than than Jameis Winston available. And he is widely available, like we said, 99% of the ESPN leagues as well. And that includes Superflex. So um, could definitely be worth a shot with a positive schedule, as long as your league doesn't um, punish interceptions too much, because we know that he does have a tendency there as well. But um, all right, one last quarterback on the list here. And it's one we've talked about quite a few times because of his favorable fantasy schedule uh, going forward as well. Just finished as a top 10 fantasy quarterback this week as well. Gardner Minshew, who has the Colts in a playoff hunt here as we enter week 14, Nate. Uh, yeah, like we've talked about, we've talked about him for at least a month now. Had a very good game this week against the Titans. Um, now with Jonathan Taylor out for at least two more games, it sounds like he'll be out at least uh, the next two to four games. So that could be the entire uh, rest of the fantasy football schedule. Um, the Colts have the second best schedule for quarterbacks, according to our strength of schedule tool. Uh, faces the Bengals next week. The Bengals just allowed plenty of passing yards last night, um, have been allowing fantasy points to quarterbacks all season. So if you're specifically looking for a quarterback this week, I think Minshew could be good, but also could be a good option throughout the fantasy playoffs as well, um, especially in deeper leagues or super flex leagues where um, if you've lost a quarterback recently and didn't have a backup option. Sounds good. All right, let's go to the running backs. And um, naturally, after Nate decided that it was a good idea to tweet out that we haven't had many running back injuries this season, uh, we have a few names on this list who are potential ads because of injuries to starting running backs. Nathan, uh, let's start it in New England, where we were just getting some great usage with Ramondre Stevenson. And then he went down in the first quarter this week, was ruled out with an ankle injury. It sounds like he's going to miss a few weeks according to the news that just came out uh this morning patriots play on thursday night football this week so nate how are we feeling about ezekiel elliott as a waiver wire target for week 14 i uh, feeling fairly good just since we know he should see at least the clear majority of the work in new england and that they trust him basically any situation 
Um, in the game this past week, after Stevenson went down, after the first two drives, it was Elliott pretty much the rest of the way. Um, he was the only other true running back on the 46-man roster for the game. Um, Ty Montgomery did end up taking three snaps at running back throughout the game since he's been a running back wide receiver hybrid who's been more wide receiver this season. But given the fact that um, Elliott was playing literally every single snap after the injury, it made sense to give Montgomery at least a couple snaps there. Um, they do have Jamichael Hasty on the roster, was waived by the Jaguars a couple weeks ago. Uh, we haven't seen Hasty play for the Patriots yet, but I'm going to guess Hasty will be the backup. Uh, Hasty capable of also playing in every situation. So I'm guessing um, this will be some kind of rotation, but still one where I'd expect Elliott to see at least 60% of the snaps and the majority of the carries. Um, Kevin Harris is on the practice squad. He also has some experience with New England. I would expect him to at least be caught up from the practice squad, but not sure he'll get that much playing time. Um, playing the Pittsburgh Steelers this week, it's a short week, and um, the Steelers don't have their starting quarterback, so the Patriots will hopefully be able to at least keep this one a little bit more competitive and be able to stick with the run game at least for most of the game. And if that's the case, would expect Elliott to get at least double-digit carries, a couple receptions in this game as well. And in general, over these few weeks, the Patriots have the seventh-best schedule over these next four weeks for fantasy running backs. So even beyond this week, there's a chance that Elliott could be a factor for fantasy football. Yeah, for sure. And look, the Steelers, not like they've been amazing keeping fantasy running backs off the board either. They did just get dominated by James Conner in Pittsburgh as well. So um, there's potential there, especially if Elliott can absorb a lot of that passing down work as well. Uh, I think we did see him run a season high uh, 52% of the team's routes this past week with Stevenson out. So that is at least a good sign that he's going to get a lot of that passing work as well. So um, moving on to the next name on the list and uh, another potential injury related one, uh, Nathan, uh, DeAndre Swift went to the blue medical tent late in the Eagles 49ers game on Sunday. And we're still waiting on a prognosis there, I believe. So we know we don't know if if Swift is going to miss any time or not. Um, but as of now, we need to be on top of these things here in the final week of the fantasy regular season. So Kenneth Gainwell is the next man up, Nate. Uh, yeah, they didn't really announce anything, which was a little surprising. But also Julio Jones uh, only played in the first quarter of that game. And I had not heard a single thing since then or during the game of what happened to him. So not really sure what's going on in Philadelphia. But Gainwell is someone that uh, we've mentioned uh, in the past as a handcuff option. And it's really because of what he could potentially do in the fantasy playoffs. They face the Seattle Seahawks, New York Giants and Arizona Cardinals. We did see Gainwell play the majority of offensive snaps this past week. A lot of that had to do with the game script. Um, the Eagles playing from behind, which is not something that they're used to doing. A ton of third down snaps, a lot of two-minute drill, those kind of things. So I think uh, the game script had a lot to do with why Gainwell played so much this past week. But specifically, F. Swift is injured, or even F. Swift isn't injured, the Eagles facing a team like the Giants or the Cardinals, those are games that could be complete blowouts. And if Swift um, is playing but not 100%, we could see a ton of gain well in those games of the Eagles up by a couple of touchdowns and just running out the clock late. So gain well could see significant work regardless. So I think he's someone that I'm just worth gambling on, not knowing what the injury is at the moment. But if we don't find out anything today, I'd 
want Gainwell on my roster because if Swift misses those games against the Seahawks or Giants or Cardinals, Gainwell could be at least a top 20 fantasy running back capable of being a top 10 against some of those defenses. So uh, picking up Gainwell, not necessarily for this week because it's a tough matchup against the Cowboys, but for what he could do later on in the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. And really not a ton of reason for the Eagles to necessarily rush Swift back. If he is banged up, he does have a tendency to miss time with injury as well. So um, definitely a name to, to keep in mind there as we go to waiver wire targets this week. Um, all right. Another one here that has been on the waiver target list for a while now. Um, and, and that time may be coming to an end as well with his workload steadily increasing in each of the past few weeks. It is Keaton Mitchell of the Baltimore Ravens uh, now coming out of the bye week with the chance to build on that near 50% snap share that we saw in week 12. So what do you think, Nate? More snaps for, for Keaton Mitchell going forward here? I think so, yeah. I think they've just been getting more comfortable with him. And with the bye week, that's probably given them even more time to get Mitchell more involved with the offense. So not a lot has changed in the past week outside of we are closer to the Ravens' next game. I'm guessing that's one of the big reasons he's not taken in more leagues at this point is because they just had their bye week. So uh, he wasn't helping any fantasy managers last week, but excited to see what he can do going forward again a little bit of a gamble because we don't know exactly how much playing time he will see so not sure you quite want him in fantasy lineups this week but there's a chance he could have a big game this week in which case he would be a fantasy starter throughout the playoffs yeah this is at least trending in the right direction right like when we last saw him those snaps just kept going up and up so there's definitely potential here post bye week that they they get even higher now so um all right, uh, back to the injured running back replacements, Nathan. Um, Brian Robinson of the Washington Commanders has been hot this year, top 10 PPR running back uh, so far, but left in the second quarter of this week's game with an ankle injury uh, and did not return. Uh, now, the Commanders are on a bye week in week 14, so it potentially gives them another week to, to get healthy if this wasn't a serious injury. Um, in case it is, though, how are we feeling about uh, Antonio Gibson? as a potential waiver wire target this week uh we're feeling okay especially if you're a team that's weaker at running back on your fantasy roster but um gibson did take over and was the primary early down back as well as continuing his role as the third down back chris rodriguez got involved a little bit but a lot of his carries occurred late in the fourth quarter of this game, so I know it kind of looked close if you just look at the box score of uh, Gibson versus Rodriguez, but Rodriguez, it was really late in the game that he started building up his um, stats. So trusting Gibson to be the clear primary guy in Washington, F. Robinson is injured. So uh, like him from that perspective, he has been one of the better receiving running backs all season long just not seeing many carries each week. So this would change things. He'd get to double digit carries. The only problem is like you said, they have the bye week this week, so he's not going to be helping anyone this week. Then they face the Los Angeles Rams, New York Jets, and San Francisco 49ers. Um, three of the better run defenses in the league. So that isn't great. So Gibson is still worth a waiver wire target in a number of leagues simply because any running back who is seeing double digit carries should at least be on fantasy rosters and are options for some teams, just depending on if you have strengths at running back or not. But if you're a team that's strong at running back, then you probably don't need Gibson on your roster because you're not going to be um, he's not going to be considered a top 10 or maybe even top 15 running back in most of those matchups. 
I like it. Um, and then another name on the list here is Tajay Spears of the Tennessee Titans, who was almost moved up um, higher on the waiver wire priority list um, because Derek Henry had left in the fourth quarter of the, the Titans week 13 game with a head injury, though luckily is not in the concussion protocol apparently. So that is a good sign, but still worth considering adding uh, Tajay Spears here available in 32% of leagues and a great insurance option here uh, for those final weeks, Nate. Uh, yeah, he has a pretty decent schedule, and it's also a schedule where Tennessee might be down a bit. So even if Henry is uh, perfectly fine and playing, uh, which it sounds like that's the case, Spears could still see a lot of playing time as the team is playing from behind. And those are the situations that Spears is typically playing in. Um, it was good to see him get a decent uh, a decent bump in snaps once Henry was out, so we know that Spears would be a clear running back if Henry does miss time. But like you said, it sounds like he will be good, so at this point he's just um, arguably the top uh, handcuff option to pick, even though he doesn't have that clear path to snaps at the moment. But um, especially after the helmet hit Henry took, they might be a little more cautious with him than usual. So that makes Spears an even better handcuff option than what we were considering these past few weeks. Yeah, makes perfect sense. And then uh, next up is a player who might just be more than a handcuff. Uh, it's Roshan Johnson of the Chicago Bears, um, who really dominated the snaps last time we saw him in week 12. It was like three to one over Khalil Herbert um, it, it last game that the Bears played. So, Nate, how are we feeling about Roshan Johnson coming off a of bye week? I'm feeling decently good about it. I will also note uh, Chase Brown, the guy that we were talking about at the start of the show with the Bengals. This is probably a round where I would slate Brown for um, who I'd consider, but Johnson at this point as well, like you said, played very well on that Monday night football game prior to their bye week. The big thing there is Deontay Foreman uh, was inactive in that game with an ankle and shin injury. Uh, we don't know his status at the moment, but after the bye week, a decent chance that Foreman could be ready to play again, and he's been the primary early down back. Johnson, the primary third down back, so I wouldn't be surprised if we are back to that kind of split. Um, they also don't have the best schedule for running backs faced the Lions, Browns, Cardinals, and Falcons. At least three of those four teams have been pretty good against fantasy running backs so far this season. So Johnson is just someone worth considering, uh, especially if they are starting to look more ahead towards the future, in which case uh, Johnson is probably more likely to be a long-term option for Chicago than Foreman is. And having played him so much over Herbert, uh, two weeks ago, uh, there's a chance that Johnson could be an every down guy for Chicago going forward. So it's a risky uh, chance because he might be part of a three-man committee again. It's risky because of the schedule, but there is at least that path to double-digit touches each week over the rest of the season. Nice. Um, and another player here who is still technically a handcuff, but kind of closing the gap. It is Tyler Ty Chandler of the Minnesota Vikings, um, currently playing behind Alexander Madison. But um, like I said, closing the gap there in Minnesota. So potential for for Ty Chandler. Nate. Uh, yeah, this is just a case of the Vikings have been kind of changing what they've been doing at running back every week. Sometimes in the middle of games, we'll have something different over the first half compared to the second half. Uh, Chandler has been playing close to as well to Madison um, throughout the season since uh, Chandler has been back to being the number two running back. So a chance that he is able to take over as the starter. Um, he was someone that especially 
uh, leading up to this week seemed like one of the better options because there were so few running backs who had a chance to be a starter without an injury. But now we've had all of these injuries to running backs. So now he's much further down the list, but still someone that I think could win or take over as the starter without an injury. And that alone makes him at least worth considering in some leagues. Awesome. Um, and then last couple names on the list here. A few guys that we've talked about um, the, the, a few weeks in a row now, just available in those deeper leagues, uh, is Leonard Fournette of the Buffalo Bills, rostered in just 3.4% of leagues, and Zamir White of the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, rostered in 0.5% of ESPN leagues. So um, for anybody that hasn't heard uh, the past few weeks, let's talk about these guys. Maybe a, a quick summary of why we like uh, Fournette and Zamir White for those deeper leagues. Oh uh, yeah, Fournette, just simply he's been a fantasy starter before. There was a report earlier this morning that he said he's ready to go. So uh, the Bills just had their bye week. So if there's any week where they're going to bring him up off the practice squad, I think this would be the week. I think if he's not caught up from the practice squad this week, I'm probably not going to be including him in the future iterations of this article. And then Zamir White, I'm trying to include at least some of these handcuffs who are available and have good schedules over the rest of the year, just in case the starter gets injured. Um, in two of the three cases, the starter did get injured this past week. So um, hopefully not jinxing things for Josh Jacobs, <laughs> but the Raiders do have a decently favorable schedule for running backs over these past or these next few weeks. So white is the player to consider, especially in deep leagues where a lot of the guys that we talked about before are already taken. All right. And before we go on to the wide receivers, I want to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by Prize Picks. And Prize Picks is a skill based, real money daily fantasy sports game. How does it work? You pick two to six players, and if they will go more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you could win up to 25 times your money on any entry. So, Nate, uh, what is your prop for the Prize Picks um, options this week? I'm going with Deontay Johnson getting uh, more than 39.5 receiving yards. I know they have Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback now, but looking back at Trubisky's time with the Steelers so far, he seems to pretty heavily favor Johnson. So that's one thing in Johnson's favor. The Patriots also have been fairly good at stopping running backs, decently good at stopping tight ends. Their one weakness has been stopping wide receivers. So I think from that perspective, this is a good matchup for Johnson. And then also considering the Patriots are one of the teams that uses man defense the most, uh, both Johnson and Pickens uh, play better against man than zone. Uh, both get targeted more than usual when they're facing man as well. So I think it's a good thing for both of the wide receivers, but considering how much Trubisky has favored Johnson in the past, that's why I'm picking Johnson rather than Pickens here. But I think Pickens could also have a fairly good game, but a lot going well for Johnson. So I think he can get more than 39.5 receiving yards. I like it. Um, yeah, I, I like the over there. But um, as we know now, I, I'm an under guy. Um, so I'm going with uh, with an under pick here. And that is uh, I'm going with un Jackson Smith in Jigba under 44 and a half receiving yards uh, going up against the 49ers this week. 49ers tied for the fewest yards allowed per coverage target when teams are targeting the slot at 6.3 yards. Um, they're also allowing the third fewest yards per attempt this season. Uh, at 6.22, Jackson Smith and Jigba last game against the 49ers posted 41 yards, saw just three targets as well. So going to go with, I'm going to ride the under train here. We worked with Travis Etienne last night. We'll see if it, if it continues to work here as, uh, yeah, we, we continue to ride the unders. Um, 
at prize picks you aren't competing against other people it's just you versus the projections go to prizepicks.com slash pff fantasy and use code pff fantasy for a first deposit match up to 100 again that's prizepicks.com slash pff fantasy and use code pff fantasy for a first deposit match up to 100 all right let's uh turn our focus to some wide receivers now and start off with another recurring character from this uh waiver wire list it is romeo dobbs of the green bay packers nate and this one is because we did see Christian Watson have a bit of a hamstring inju- uh, issue on Sunday night, though we don't know how significant of an injury that is. But if he misses time, then that really only adds to the potential here for Romeo Dobbs, who's been really solid this year. Uh, yeah, he had a very good game on uh, Sunday, Sunday night football, caught four passes for 72 yards. Uh, did that even with Legereus Sneed shadowing him. Sneed has been shadowing wide receivers all season long. Thought it would be uh, Watson that he'd be shadowing coming into the game, but the fact that he was shadowing Dobbs, Dobbs still caught 72 receiving yards. That was really good to see. Um, 36th in targets on the season and fifth most in touchdowns. So that's been great. And Jordan Love's improvement plays a big factor in all of this. Uh, Jordan Love, uh, we've been talking about for the past couple weeks, has been grading really well, and that just keeps getting better. I believe was the highest graded quarterback this past week. Not 100% on that, but believe uh, Love. I know at least he graded very well this past week. And then the schedule, at least over these next two weeks, are very favorable for Packers wide receivers. Uh, They play the New York Giants. They play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, ranked fifth and fourth respectively in terms of allowing fantasy points to wide receivers. So that is also great. So I think Dobbs is kind of the clear top option if you know you need a wide receiver this week or the week after that. Um, Jaden Reed is someone else that we've been talking about a lot here, but the Packers this past week shifted a little bit away from using so much 11 personnel. We're using more 12 personnel, was even using some 21 personnel, and Reed only plays in 11 personnel. And with how well the Packers have been winning, facing the Giants and Buccaneers, both teams that um, haven't been doing as well, the Packers might again not use as much 11 personnel, which means not as much read on the field. So I think that makes Dobbs the clear option in Green Bay to take advantage of these matchups. Yeah, and like you said, Jordan Jordan Love has been, yeah, he's been excellent lately, and he was the highest graded quarterback um, this past week, uh, both overall and in terms of passing grade. And since week nine as well, he has the fourth best passing grade in the NFL in 89.9. And then as far as overall offensive grade, he is fifth among quarterbacks with a 90.3. So he has um, been much, much better uh, compared to those first uh, eight weeks of the season. So um, really positive stuff there for, for Jordan Love and his um, uh, passing options. Um, all right. We talked a bit about this next name a little bit yesterday. Um, Tank Dell is done for the year after suffering, a, I guess, ankle leg injury. Um, big loss for fantasy managers, obviously. Um, but there's still room for another wide receiver in Houston to be fantasy relevant, Nate. So who is the next man up here uh, for the Houston Texans? It is Noah Brown. We saw Brown have two games of 150-plus receiving yards recently. Um, Then he missed a little bit of time due to injury. But after we saw Tank Dell go down with his injury, Brown was playing fairly consistently in both 11 and 21 personnel. Uh, They weren't using much 12 personnel in this game due to the injuries they've had at tight end, but wouldn't be surprised if they start using 12 personnel again in the future that Brown is again on the field. 
and they have two difficult matchups coming up, uh, one against the Jets, one against the Browns, the top two teams at stopping fantasy wide receivers. But then they also have two matchups against the Tennessee Titans. So uh, Titans have allowed plenty of fantasy points to wide receivers. I know Nico Collins is coming off of an excellent game, but we've seen different wide receivers shine in wide receiver from one week to another. And especially if the Tennessee Titans defense is focused on trying to stop Collins, that would leave Brown available to make some huge plays in those games. So um, not picking up Brown to start him this week, but against those two games against the Tennessee Titans in the fantasy playoffs, I would at least consider starting Brown if you need a wide receiver in those games. Awesome. Um, all right. Another injury related option here um, because Amari Cooper left the week 13 game with a concussion. So for the Browns, not quite the passing offense that the Texans are um, who, who we just talked about, but maybe there's some hope for, for Elijah Moore if Cooper misses time um, because Moore has had his moments this season, but nothing consistent. So coming off a strong game in week 13, potentially no Amari Cooper, maybe Elijah Moore can string a couple of fantasy, uh, strong fantasy performances together, Nate. Oh, yeah. Moore had 12 targets in this game, so good to see him see a ton of targets. Um, there was talk before the game that Moore could have a big game because Joe Flacco was at quarterback and Flacco targeted Moore a lot in their time together with the New York Giants. So um, that kind of also probably contributed to what happened in this game. We don't know who's going to be starting for the Browns at quarterback this upcoming week. But I think uh, the Browns play the Jacksonville Jaguars next week. We saw Jacksonville give up a ton of passing yards last night, and they've allowed the 10th most fantasy points to wide receivers in general this season. So especially if Cooper misses time, Moore would be the top wide receiver for Cleveland. And in general, I think the top wide receivers for teams should be at least rostered on teams. And in this matchup, it could be worth starting him this week. I like it. Um, yeah, like you said, season high, 31% target rate um, this past week. But um, another name on the list, and, and we kind of touched on him a little bit here at the top when we were talking about the Saints quarterbacks, but Rashid Shahid of the New Orleans Saints rostered in 22.9% of ESPN leagues. Uh, we know that he missed last game with an injury, but with Michael Thomas on injured reserve, there there's definitely been signs at least of him being more involved uh, in week 12 prior to his injury it was a smaller sample size but i'm um, still feeling good about rashid shahid's potential in this offense um with, with michael thomas opening oh yeah and that first game where thomas was injured shahid saw his uh, target rate increase and that target rate is really what we've needed to see out of shahid all season long he's made a number of huge plays he had that one game where he had i think three different plays for around 50 receiving yards each so 150 receiving yards in that game it just the consistent targets is what he's needed for us to be comfortable ever starting him in fantasy and he was getting that without uh, Thomas in the lineup and then the previous game uh, when they knew Thomas wasn't going to be playing Shahid was seeing more playing time he played nine of the first 11 snaps on their first two drives and then uh, started dealing with the injuries after that point so Ideally, he's back in the lineup, uh, like we were mentioning with Jameis Winston earlier. The Saints have a very good schedule for um, the passing game in general these next four weeks. So the big thing is Shahid needs to be healthy and playing. And if that's the case, I think he could be very valuable. But it's just risky because we don't know how much longer he will be out for. And even if he's back on the field, we don't know how close he will be to 100%. 
Yeah, sounds good. And then um, another name here on the list, and another name that we've talked about quite a bit, but has been injured, Demario Douglas of the New England Patriots. He didn't play in week 13. They got Thursday night football this week. He hasn't practiced just yet. There's still definitely time for him to kind of get back in there, but we like Demario Davis or Demario Douglas um, as a as a passing option in New England. So um, still like him, obviously, for, for the weeks ahead, Nate, as long as he can get healthy, right? Uh, yeah, and uh, he had the concussion, so hopefully he's not out too long with that after already missing one game. They do play on Thursday night football this week, so that makes it a little bit rougher for if he will play this week. I know he was a, did not participate in practice on Monday, but um, even if he's not back, it's another case of uh, number one wide receivers for team should be on rosters. Um, he was seeing significant targets in his last two games prior to the injury, all since Kendrick Bourne has been on injured reserve out for the season. Um, so he's just someone who gets a ton of targets when he's healthy, and especially um, with the Patriots, they've been behind in a lot of games and needing to throw the ball a lot. Um, he's been getting targets regardless of who's at quarterback, so not all that concerned about who's throwing the ball to him, at least at this point, because they're not going to get any better options than what they currently have this season. But um, I think just the target share alone is enough to make him worth rostering uh, for whenever he does get healthy. Yeah. And hopefully it's this week. Um, we'll see. We should, sh- we should know soon at least. Um, and then the other names on the list, uh, a few guys that we've talked about here, but starting with Jonathan Mingo of the Carolina Panthers, who's still rostered in um, just 11.5% of ESPN leagues. He's led the team in receiving yards in back-to-back weeks over there in Carolina. So um, how do you feel about the, the Jonathan Mingo uh, upward trend as of late? Um, it's at least been good to see whether or not it ends up helping fantasy managers this year or not. It's at least good for next year when he should continue to improve as a receiver. But we have seen players make um, big strides at the end of the season and past seasons. And Mingo is currently on that uh, trajectory where um, he's had his two best games of the season. Arguably, these past two weeks has been seeing significant playing time all season long. And the big thing here is he plays uh, Jacksonville in the fantasy championships. Um, we mentioned another team facing Jacksonville sooner, but uh, they've allowed plenty of fantasy points to wide receivers this season. So I think Mingo is someone you can pick up, not necessarily to start this week, but if he continues to get better and better, then we could get to a point where he is starting for some teams during the fantasy championship round. Nice. And then uh, a couple more wide receivers here to, to round out the, the list. And Michael Wilson of the Arizona Cardinals. We haven't seen him play since week 10. Uh, gets a bye week here in week 14. But uh, you still like Michael Wilson for, for week 15 and beyond, Nate? Uh, yeah, just hopefully he gets healthy. The longer he's uh, been dealing with the shoulder injury, the farther he's been falling down uh, this list of wide receivers. But it is worth noting Marquise Brown is also dealing with an injury. It's a heel injury for him. So there's at least a chance that Wilson comes back before Brown does, in which case he could be the top wide receiver on the Cardinals offense. And the big thing, again, is that probably will take a little bit of time for him to develop more chemistry with Kyler Murray. It was only really one game that they played together so far. So um, they play the Philadelphia Eagles in week 17. The Eagles have allowed a ton of fantasy points to wide receivers this season. So again, someone to just dash and hope that uh, things get better over the next few weeks. So you can hopefully use them later this season. 
Nice. And then last wide receiver name here on the list is Khalil Shakir of the Buffalo Bills, rostered in 5.9% of ESPN leagues. We saw him just play a season-high 81% of snaps in Week 12 prior to the team's bye week. So um, another guy that is trending in the right direction, Nate. Oh, yeah. Another player that I do try to make sure I'm including guys who are available in a ton of leagues to help uh, teams where a lot of the guys we've talked about before are already on rosters. And Shakir is just someone who uh, 29th most fantasy points for wide receivers from weeks eight to week 12 prior to the Bills week 13 bye week has been heavily involved in the offense. Uh, I'm a little bit concerned uh, whether Dawson Knox comes back at some point this season or uh, Zach Ertz, who I thought would have signed with the team by this point, there have been, uh, he has been linked to the Bills, so there's a possibility that will happen, in which case Shakir won't be getting as much playing time, but they do play the Patriots in Week 17. Patriots have allowed plenty of fantasy points to wide receivers as well, so just another option that uh, you could stash him to see how he does over the next few weeks to potentially start him over the last week or two. Nice. Um, okay, that is our wide receivers. Let's wrap it up here with some tight end uh, options. And right at the top of the list is Isaiah Likely of the Baltimore Ravens, rostered in 23.9% of ESPN leagues. We know that Mark Andrews is out for the rest of at least the fantasy regular season. So uh, Isaiah Likely is still pretty widely available here, Nate. Oh, yeah, the Ravens had their bye week this last week, so not overly surprising, also considering he didn't have the greatest game uh, prior to the bye week, uh, caught four passes for 40 receiving yards. Um, the Ravens play the Rams this week, uh, Jacksonville the following week. Both teams are in the top 10 at allowing fantasy points to tight ends this season, so a lot of it is likely we know is going to get a ton of playing time, going to run a ton of routes, and has pretty good matchups, so... Someone that I'm probably ideally not starting in any of my leagues, but um, if you are in need of a tight end due to injuries or for whatever other reason, likely is the top player that I'd be considering for both this week and the following week. Nice. Um, and then next name on the list uh, is Chigazim Okonkwo of the Tennessee Titans, rostered in 25.8% of ESPN leagues. We did talk a bit about why we liked him yesterday. So for anybody that might have missed uh, yesterday's recap show, how are we feeling about uh, Mr. Chig Okonkwo here of the Titans? I'm feeling fairly good about him uh, with how well he's played recently. Got a season-high 62 yards. Uh, this past week, and then Josh Wiley, who's been the other tight end for Tennessee, who's a receiving tight end, uh, rookie for the team who's gotten a bit more involved these pet over the past month or so. Uh, he also suffered an injury late in that game, so not sure how long Wiley will be out for. But if he does miss time, I'd expect Conquo to be the clear top uh, receiving tight end for Tennessee again to start seeing playing time similar to what he was seeing earlier in the season. And two of the Titans' next four games are against the Houston Texans, um, who they will need to throw the ball a ton against uh, the Texans, and the Texans have allowed the second-most fantasy points to tight ends this season. So probably not uh, someone I'd want to be starting this week, but someone that I'd pick up specifically for those two matchups in the fantasy playoffs. Nice. And then speaking of the Houston Texans, um, we know that Dalton Schultz missed last week's game um, with an injury. It's 
potentially going to cause him to miss some more time. We'll see about that. But um, Brevin Jordan stepped in uh, and had a pretty strong game uh, for, for a tight end here in his replacement. And he's available in almost nine, uh, almost 99% of ESPN leagues. Uh, yeah, available in a ton of leagues, but I did have to start him in the Scott Fishbowl, so I'm happy that I had him. So um, I think he, if he does play again, he should see significant playing time uh, for another week. Uh, played 100% of snaps in 11 personnel, um, only 8 of 25 snaps in 21 personnel, but that's typically when the Texans are running with the football. So pretty much the exact same role that Dalton Schultz had prior to the injury. And Jordan has been grading well throughout the season and his limited opportunities. Um, so I think he can continue to have good games. If, uh, he ends up being the starter. Uh, they have a fine enough matchup against the New York Jets this week. So um, I'd be happy with Jordan if I'm in some of these deeper leagues where the guys we just talked about are already taken and you really need for a tight end, especially in some tight end premium leagues. So happy to at least consider Jordan there. F. Schultz misses more time, but if Schultz is back or even if he's playing but not 100%, then probably not considering Jordan. Yeah, makes perfect sense. Um, uh, another name on the list, it's been a while since we've talked about uh, Gerald Everett of the Los Angeles Chargers, rostered in 25.4% of ESPN leagues, but feeling a little bit better about um, Everett here in LA, Nate? Um, a lot of this has to do with the Chargers schedule. He's just been consistently okay for fantasy or not even for fantasy purposes just consistently putting up some numbers it's always like not quite enough to be yeah. where you would want him in your starting lineup but the matchups are what i like about it it faces the broncos this week and during the fantasy championship week and denver is allowed the most fantasy points to tight ends this season so if you're looking for a tight end this week everett could be okay because he is facing the broncos and for the fantasy championship week he has the best matchup of the tight end so uh Everett gained seven or more PPR points when he faced the Broncos in both matchups last week the big thing is the Chargers do have a pretty heavy rotation of tight ends on and off the field so Everett is a good player it's just they like rotating their tight ends which is the problem for fantasy football purposes but given the matchup and given the Chargers struggles at wide receiver recently um could see Everett having bigger games down the stretch in those two matchups yeah, the Chargers um, offense struggles as a whole, really, um, uh, lately. Hopefully they could score more than six points uh, in a game going forward here um, because we got a lot of fantasy options that we're relying on on that team. So maybe Gerald Everett could be one of them here down the stretch. Um, and another name on the tight end list here, not often that we get uh, a free agent at this point in the season that we're, we're looking to add, but Zach Ertz uh, rostered in 21.6% of ESPN leagues. It does sound like he's going to, go somewhere this um this season before the year is out nate so uh how, how do you feel about zach Ertz and his potential landing spots i'm feeling okay considering him mostly because we don't know where he's going to land unfortunately i think the top two spots for him would have been miami and baltimore but i haven't really seen him linked to miami from any reporters just a lot of fans who are wishful thinking at the moment and me too considering the dolphins haven't had much production from their tight ends this season so that's kind of the clear obvious landing spot and he does want to go to a team that's a super bowl contender and plenty of them already have tight ends uh the ravens were the other one for me that seemed like they could make a lot of sense um if they weren't happy with how likely he's been playing this season um, it seemed like he could fit that offense, but it sounds like Baltimore is happy with where they're at at tight end. So 
really just depends on where he lands the and it could land with a surprise team so that's probably the biggest thing at this point but a reunion with the Philadelphia Eagles probably made the most sense but Dallas Goddard could be returning sooner rather than later in which Ertz would be the number two tight end um, Jacksonville also made some sense to me considering his connections with Doug Peterson and um, Brenton Strange dealing with his injuries, so having a second tight end there. But again, uh, he would mostly be used as a run blocker in that case. So um, that still just depends where he lands and if he's on a team where he ends up running a lot of pass routes. So a lot will just depend on the landing spot. Yeah, makes sense. And then last name on the list here, rookie tight end Michael Mayer of the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, rostered in just under 5% of ESPN leagues here. So one for those deeper leagues, Nate. Uh, Yeah, it's been a long time now since we saw him have his breakout game of five receptions for 75 yards. Still seeing a ton of playing time. He has been at least a little bit more involved these past two weeks, uh, 73 yards over the two games. But it's another one where um, it's a deeper league looking at the matchups, uh, faces the Chargers and Colts for two of his three games in the fantasy playoffs. Both teams are top seven in allowing fantasy points to wide receivers this season. So has some good matchups where he could be able to break out. So not someone that I want to depend on in most cases, but someone who has a chance to play pretty well in two of those matchups. Nice. I like it. Um, all right. Before we go on to our little five round draft, we did have a couple of questions uh, here from the comments section. And the first one comes from David Sadowski, who asks, are you guys going to offer FFF? FFPC playoff strategy advice and rankings for their playoff contest. Um, I'm not sure if this is something that we've done in the past. You might have a better idea. Yeah, I think some writers may have at times in the past. I have not written strategy articles for it, and I'm not sure I will be this year, but I will at least be providing fantasy rankings uh, for the playoffs throughout the entire playoffs. So we will at least have rankings up on the website. Okay, there we go. Um, And then uh, another question here from Quincy Davis, who, yeah, he put it all into one one comment here, who asks, um, would you start Ezekiel Elliott over Tajay Spears, Zach Charbonnet, Noah Brown? And yeah, we'll start with that one. Um, So I guess that would be his his flex spot here. Zeke over Tajay Spears, Charbonnet, or Noah Brown, or one of the other guys do you like there? I will have a much more confident answer after the show because that's when I typically start working on the rankings. I'm at least probably trusting him over Spears since it sounds like Ezekiel Elliott will be, or not Ezekiel Elliott, um, it sounds like Derrick Henry will be just fine. So probably not starting him over Spears, but I need to dig in more before I'm comfortable answering over Charbonnet and Noah Brown. But I will have the rankings up on the website later today. And then whichever guy I have ranked higher is the guy that I would want to start. There you go. And yeah, we still don't know if Kenneth Walker will be back or not um, this week either. So I'm sure that plays a part in it as well. Um, And then his, the second part of his question was, would you start Jordan love over Patrick Mahomes this week? I'm probably still going with Mahomes, but again, I'll run the numbers later today and have a better answer there. Fair. There you go. Yeah. Mahomes playing the bills and uh, who are the Packers? Oh, the giants. Okay. So uh, Monday night. 
There we go. So yeah, Nate will have the, the rankings up on the website. Those are free as well. And luckily for the quarterback one, that's a pretty easy one to, to sort there um, to, to find who will be the better option for this week. But thank you guys very much for, for the questions and hopefully that helps. Good luck getting into those fantasy playoffs. Um, but yeah, that's going to wrap up our uh, fantasy waiver wire targets for this week, Nate. Uh, we always wrap up our Tuesday show with a five round draft of random things. Last week it was the uh, purple characters um so i snuck out a win on that one um which means that you get the first pick overall in this draft and this time around we are going with active players most likely to make the nfl hall of fame so um yeah we there was a lot of uh discourse about um mike evans being a potential hall of famer with his uh another thousand uh, yard season 10th straight i believe it is so um yeah there this is, feels like a pretty relevant time here to talk about other active nfl players that could make the hall of fame so i'll be interested in your your first overall pick because there are man there are a ton of options i think i have more than 10 written down here so it's going to be uh, tough to, to pick uh just five yeah, I did cut mine down to 12, and we also just had the semifinalist announced for this year's Hall of Fame class as well, which really didn't leave many surprises. Uh, just the two uh, first-year option players, Antonio Gates and what was Julius Peppers this year? Mm-hmm. I don't remember. If it's Peppers, they're not. But, um, we're going with the active players, though, so players who are currently in the league and I will start the draft with Aaron Rodgers just because he's already been one of the best quarterbacks of all time even though he's not currently playing at the moment even though he um could very he has a very 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 small chance of playing this year i'm not expecting much and have not been including him in the waiver wire article because i'm not actually expecting him to come back but just given his resume if he would have retired five six years ago before he won another couple mvps he would have been in the hall of fame so i think he currently has the clearest resume of uh, Plenty of these guys are going to be first ballot Hall of Famers, but if you could only put one of them in the Hall of Fame, I think Rodgers is the one most likely to make it. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a good call. Um, but I got another one here, I, it's, and it's another Aaron. So I'm going with Aaron Donald. Um, I think are arguably maybe the best defensive player of all time. Um, I think he's, what, three-time defensive player of the year now? He's been a Super Bowl champion. Um, there's been talk about him retiring uh, recently in past off seasons, but still playing at an extremely high level. So uh, I got to go with Aaron Donald here um, for for my first pick. Fair enough. Then I will go with another player who is arguably the best player at his position of all time. I'm going to go with Travis Kelsey. Also try to make sure this poll gets on Taylor Swift TikTok to make sure that (laughs) I win this one in the landslide. But even without his uh, current relationship status, Kelsey um, at least has a very solid argument to be the best receiving tight end of all time. Uh, Obviously, the tight end position over the course of NFL's history has been a lot more to do with run blocking as well. So I can understand if someone wants to make an argument for someone who is a more well-rounded tight end, but Kelsey, at least the best receiving tight end of all time and uh, could continue to build on his resume a little bit more over these next couple of years. Yeah, that's a, that's a good call for sure. Um, I'm probably just going to write him up as Travis K when we, when I put the poll out there, just so that the Swifties don't find this one. Um, 
I think I will go. So this is where this is where it gets tough for me, at least. Um, I think I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes. Um, I, I feel like at this point in his career, it would be a pretty big upset for him to not make the Hall of Fame. Um, so yeah, I was two time Super Bowl uh, champion now, multiple time MVP as well. So um, Patrick Mahomes, I, I think it feels like a lock at this point to get into the Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah, those were the four that I had as a clear kind of top tier. And then everyone else is still Hall of Famers, definitely, for sure. But those seem to be the clear top four. But Julio Jones is who I'm going to go with for the next one, getting another a star offensive player. Um, I think out of all the wide receivers who are active, I know he really hasn't done much over these past couple of years. But what he was able to do throughout his time in Atlanta was definitely Hall of Fame worthy, arguably the best wide receiver of the previous decade. So I think what Jones was able to do as a receiver uh, is definitely Hall of Fame worthy. Worthy. Yeah, I like that call. That is a good one. Um, I think I need a wide receiver as well. So I am going to go with Devontae Adams, um, who has been, again, another guy playing at a very high level for a very long time here. Um, Arguably been the best wide receiver in the NFL over the the past few years now. So, um, yeah, feeling pretty good about his chances uh, for, for the Hall of Fame as well. All right. Well, my list was uh, decently offensive heavy, and I know you're the IDP guy, and we've already got Aaron (laughs) Donald, so I can't let you get all of the fun defensive players. So I'm going to go with Bobby Wagner as my next choice. Um, He's just played so well throughout his career, especially at a time where there haven't been a ton of great inside linebackers. It seemed like for the past decade, it was either him or Luke Keekley as the top inside linebacker. And with Keekley retired for the past few years, it seemed like Wagner should have fallen off at some point, but he just keeps playing really well, even in his time with the Rams and now back with the Seahawks. I think a clear Hall of Famer. I know there's been a little bit of a logjam at inside linebacker. We need to get Patrick Willis in the Hall of Fame sooner rather than later, but uh, Willis hopefully should be in and hopefully Keekley's in by the time Wagner shows up so Wagner can be a first ballot guy. I hope so. And I hope, yeah, even like Luke Keekley, like you said, Bobby Wagner, and, and even Levante David, it should, I think, should be in that conversation as well. I love Levante David, one of my favorite players um, of all time. And I consistently underrated and i think he um deserves to be in that conversation as well but i won't put him on my list because again like he's like i said he's he's been underrated and people might uh might not like that one as much so oh god okay um <laughs> this is the problem with putting too many players on my list i think i'll just go Okay, I guess I'll go another defensive player. I'm going to go TJ Watts, um, who uh, also another one of those guys that I feel like, you know, he has obviously the name recognition, has the, the, the accolades there as a defensive player of the year. And, you know, the amount of sacks that he's going to end up with by the end of his career is going to be near the near the top of uh, the all time list there. So I'm going to go with TJ Watts um, to add to my list. All right, so I've got three offensive players and one defensive player, but I think I am going to add a special teams player to that list. Uh, I'm going to go with Justin Tucker, arguably the best kicker of all time. So um, I know special teams players have gotten a have had a hard time getting in the Hall of Fame at times. We're still trying to get Devin Hester in for his work, but I think Tucker, with how good he's been as a kicker, um, looking at the numbers over the course of his career and how well he's played, uh, if I can get a player who's arguably the best at what he's done with my fifth-round pick, I'm going to take it. 
I like it. I like it. And yeah, that, that, that's a good call to get Justin Tucker in there because I feel like <laughs> there, there's going to be names on this list that people are going to yell at us that we we did not include. So I'll try to also be uh, inclusive here and and talk about an offensive lineman who I think deserves to get in. And that's uh, Trent Williams, the left tackle for the the San Francisco 49ers. I feel like the, the amount of years that he's been in the league now since uh, 2010, I guess it was consistently grading as one of the best offensive tackles in the NFL, still doing it at a very high level at 35 years of age um, and isn't far removed from that 96.6 offensive uh, grade year in 2021 um, where he was the highest graded uh, player on PFF. So I'm going to go with Trent Williams and put him on the list here and give some love to the offensive linemen. But there are definitely plenty of players here that uh, that we've left off the list for sure. Yeah, I feel like half the players that I have on my remaining that weren't drafted are offensive linemen, Jason Peters, Zach yeah. Martin, Jason Kelsey. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, so that gives you Aaron Rodgers, Travis Kelsey, Julio Jones, Bobby Wagner, and Justin Tucker. Uh, and I got Aaron Donald, Patrick Mahomes, Devontae Adams, TJ Watt, and Trent Williams. So We'll get that uh, poll up there today on Twitter um, later this afternoon so people can vote and we'll see how it goes. But that is going to wrap up um, today's episode of the PFF Waiver Wire Targets. Um, And yeah, thank you all very much for listening. And Nate, thank you for coming up with the list of players for us to go through here as people head to the Waiver Wire in hopes of getting into those fantasy playoffs or shoring up those fantasy contenders um, for, for this season. But before we do go, please let everybody know what you have up on PFF ff.com this week yeah, just one quick side note while i'm glancing on twitter looking for more injury news the walter mm-hmm. Payton man of the year nominees were announced uh, some over last night and some over today we both got a walter Payton man of the year nominee on our hall of fame list oh, wow. i got bobby wagner you got patrick mahomes so both of them up for walter Payton man of the year this nice. year so that's good to see as well but um what i have on the website the recaps to all of the games uh over this past week are up uh, the waiver wire article um, will be probably making changes throughout the day after we find out more injury news. Um, was hopeful we find out more this uh, over yesterday, but uh, Zach Ertz's landing spot as well. What's up with uh, DeAndre Swift? If Brian Robinson is out for more time, Christian Watson, plenty of guys that could impact where these guys are listed. So could very well make changes between now and the end of the day. Um, have the rest of season rankings that went up today as well. Uh, we'll have rankings for this upcoming week up on the website later today, and then an article form tomorrow, and then we'll have starts it on Thursday. Beautiful. Looking forward to it. And then, yeah, as for me, we'll have the IDP fantasy report up um, early this afternoon as well. That'll have all of our IDP waiver wire targets in there as well. The snap shares and utilization for every defensive player. Um, And then, yeah, I'll be back tomorrow with the weekly IDP preview uh, podcast and then back with Kate on Thursday previewing uh, the offensive side of the ball as always. So thank you all again for listening. And until next time, peace out.